0: And welcome to the Xbox World Strongcast number twenty. This is the one hundredth podcast that Xbox World has done, and sadly, it's also going to be our last. Um, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, it's the twenty-first of December, twenty twelve. Hopefully, the world hasn't ended in a horrible Mayan apocalypse, um, and you're enjoying the final Strongcast from the team. Um, now, with me at the moment is Mike Gapper, hey, how's former. It going? Features and news and community yeah, editor. Former on features, Xbox news, World. features, community editor and staff writer on Xbox World. He's, he's, you've almost got the entire set. And uh, Tim Weaver, former editor of Xbox World. Hello. Um, I'm Andy Hartup, former associate editor of Xbox World.
1: And long time contributor.
0: Yeah, yeah, long time. Um, you're, actually, always
1: the, you're always the Clancy Man back in the day. Yeah. Oh, I was,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, when I was looking back, uh, writing that article for the last issue of uh, Xbox World, I was actually surprised at how early you got on board. Yeah. I mean, it was really, its like issue 20-something. It
0: was my first freelance gig at Future was Xbox World. There you go. Jo- joined on official PS2 magazine, started writing for Xbox World.
1: See, mine was Endgamer. The very first person to give me freelance work was uh, Chrissy, uh, Endgamer. I actually done mm-hmm. a thing for PC Gamer a few months before I started on Xbox mm-hmm. World, which was just me speculatively sending Tim Edwards an email um, with a fully formed article. But the funny story, I guess, is it funny? Nah, it's not funny, but it's curious, I guess. Uh, Matt Castle got a job on Endgamer back in like, November time. I had applied for that job. Mm-hmm didn't get it but the man weaver here was kind enough to employ me uh like five months later
0: yeah so um just to sort of backtrack a little bit i said joining me for now because we are going to have a few special guests on this final very special strong cast um now if you've been following us on facebook and twitter you probably know who some of them are if not well we'll just leave it as a little surprise for you or oh, a cheeky little surprise a Cheeky little surprise yeah, yeah. So, you know, you never know who might be dropping in or being on the phone. Yeah. So, uh, the last issue of the magazine is in shops now. Um, we've had a real blast making it and we're going It gonna, has
1: a fudge hog on the cover.
0: It does. It has a fudge hog on the cover and all sorts of other things. All it's got Fez Man on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all, all the, basically, all the games we'd never be allowed to put on the cover. uh if we were actually continuing with the magazine, because... because yeah. um, we want to sell a, more copies a, next month. A fudge hog is, is the physical embodiment of commercial suicide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: um,
0: for rare as well as for us. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're not going to waste any time talking about what's been happening in the world of Xbox, because basically the biggest story is the mag's closing, yeah. right? So we're just going to talk about our our, you know, our memories of it, um, you know, how we, you know, our, our stories throughout the years... Uh, about people who've worked on the magazine, and you've submitted loads and loads of great questions. So we're going to um, we're going to answer all those, or as many yeah. of those as we we're basically can. Basically,
1: just going to hand it over to you guys and take all the questions you uh, you submitted.
0: Yeah. Now, when we were organising this podcast, or rather when Mike was organising the podcast, um, he sent around like a list of questions. Um, to, for us to consider
1: yeah talking points if you will yeah.
0: topics of interest topics of interest yeah. yeah yeah so we're probably i think i think what'd be best if we if we sort of all we all answered one or two of those because they you know
1: and you know we kind of in a sense answered them in the magazine already but i know a lot not every podcast listener's getting the magazine which by the way is the reason we're dying so yeah, thanks so, for that so fuck you guys um but no not really uh well sort of really um But what we have is like a bunch of talking points in the magazine. We went back to a load of old staff writers, a load of old deputy editors, a load of all, you know, incredibly orange people. And we went to, you know, all sorts of folks and asked them, you know, what was your high points? What were your low points? What were your best moments? And it may well be the moments we talk about on the podcast are going to be a little different to the moments we mentioned in the magazine. But, you know, that's because some of you have read that stuff already.
0: I honestly can't remember what I wrote. It, last, it doesn't. Last it doesn't seem like it was like a thousand years ago. It, well, it sort of destroyed my mind. Yeah, we we were we were over a week late. So that was the, the latest
1: the magazines ever gone. Yeah, but we've been going late for just about trying. a year now, just because every month we seem to lose a member of staff. Yeah, over a period of nine months we lost like well sort of six months we lost one member of staff every month until we were down to like four people. It
0: certainly felt like that. Yeah. Just
1: Kept on producing the magazine. Yeah, doing the usual sterling job. Yeah. And, uh, so one of the questions which um, came comes up a lot, and I think we mentioned it in the in the mag, was for each of you guys, and I guess for me as well, what was your favourite issue of the magazine of, that you worked on?
0: Go on, Tim. You kick oh it off. man, you, um, you've
2: got the least to choose. You from, relaunched, You
1: relaunched the magazine, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did a couple of couple of redesigns on it. Actually, well, I did three on it. Um, we did. I did when I joined when I joined Xbox World. We were. Um, it had it just been—it was had it just been bought by Future from Computech. Um, the previous editor had been shuffled off into the the darkness after making a few errors of judgment. So, um, so yeah, I, I kind of came in and I spent like the first three or four issues of Xbox World. I didn't really have an awful lot to do with because I was still kind of uh, involved in a project, uh, the project I was doing. So I sort of watched from afar, but. I guess it must have come on board about seventeen uh, issue seventeen eighteen. Did the sort of saw it through to about thirty thirty one, I think. Then we did a redesign. Then we did another redesign in the I want to say the fifties, and then we that did. Then we shrunk the format. Yeah, but we
1: were going to do a complete redesign. If you look, if you look back into issue, I want to say fifty two or fifty three. It's the Splinter Cell cover anyway, the one which. Um, in that we teased the new
0: design. That's Xbox right. Yeah. Was, was oh, that the Splinter Cell what? conviction cover? Yeah. The, the original isn't show. that, the isn't that ironic Sp- that whereas Ubisoft redesigned their game entirely after you saw it. Yeah. We couldn't
2: redesign. We couldn't the magazine. redesign yeah. the magazine.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was that was great because we 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 had the the kind of redesign up ready to go. We had to change the logo uh, on the mag. Uh, we were pretty much ready to rumble, and then for one reason or another, it. Uh, Got the kibosh put, put on it, and uh, we had to sort of. Should say these things have to go through so many people above yeah. us, and I guess one of the people above us there was going through was didn't, like, nope, didn't like it so much. So we had to sort of slink back in the next issue with, uh, oh, and here's the old, here's the old masthead, here's the old logo. So um, that redesign, never mind, let's just push that under the carpet a little bit. And then we did the um, the redesign on issue. What would Whoa. it have been? Nine? 109.
1: Yeah, one oh nine was the Saints Row cover. But between
2: is... between like fifty and one oh nine, we did we did like refinements, a number of refreshes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean the
1: whole community section was completely redesigned. The Whole news section was completely redesigned.
2: I mean, uh, you know, people people out there hopefully have, have had a read of, of everything in the mag, but uh, maybe have had a read of what I what I wrote uh, in in the last issue, and I think that you know. I don't think I'm going to sit here and pretend that Xbox World was always the most aesthetically beautiful magazine because it, it wasn't, and, and it was purposely not that. It was um, it was very much a sort of case of...
1: Um, it was supposed to kind of feel like an old-school game. Yeah, it, it was... Like a- I,
2: I mean, I put in the mag that, that it's supposed to have that sort of... It's a dirty word now, but that sort of fanzine-y quality, you know, and by that I mean, like, everyone invested in that mag loved Xbox games and wanted to be there Absolutely, one hundred percent, and wanted mm. to write about Xbox. We well, only did, have to
1: look at the team we had. Didn't right? want to
2: do anything else. You know, it wasn't. You know, and certainly like our sister mag PSM, I would say was was more was much more aesthetically beautiful than than we were. But we had a kind of slightly rough and ready, slightly edgy, and I don't mean like stabbing in the back alley edgy. I mean like sort of like we were we were. We were pretty honest and and but had the right level of cynicism, I think. Well sorry
1: to interrupt you though, but what I was gonna say was you only have to look at the team. Me, you, Pellet, Hoodie, John Strike, and Rob Taylor were on the magazine for a really, yeah, really long that while was a by strong magazine team. terms.
2: That was a strong team and and I think you know those were probably we're gym, of course. those are probably our uh <laughs> Sorry, Jim. <laughs> Sorry about that, Jim. Probably he uh, <laughs> was on
1: the magazine longer than any of us.
2: Yeah, he was. He yeah. was the guy.
1: He's the one guy who made the jump from Computex to uh,
2: yeah, Future. Sorry, that was a. I, I haven't really answered the question the, uh, only because I, I need some time to think about it because I did about like it, yeah. 90 issues. So yeah. um, maybe Andy, you can take up the mantle while I mull it over. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, I mean, I've been been a freelancer for a long time, but obviously didn't didn't particularly. There's only so invested you can feel as a freelancer. I I sort of turned up, did a job, and then, then went away, but um, got paid. But um, I I guess I guess from my time making the mags, there's two that stands out. The first one was the uh, the Far Cry cover that we did, just because I absolutely loved that cover art. Far Cry Three, we did, yeah, and it turned out to be probably the game of the year. Yeah. and so It's always nice to be vindicated, actually, because yeah, in we,
1: yeah. we, this last year we've backed some strange games like uh, Alan Wake's American Nightmare yeah. and that kind of thing. I mean, that's a, that was a risk to put on the cover, but I actually kind of feel vindicated that. Yeah. The that game. got a real mixed reaction, but to me it felt like a real it's solid a good game.
0: Xbox game, yeah. It's, it's, it's nice in the sort of traditional Xbox world way to be vindicated for putting a game on the cover that you were pretty much told you shouldn't put on the cover. and yeah. um, We did put it inside an Assassin's Creed bag because yeah. we were told to do that. Um, but I, I came back and properly back Far Cry, and I, I just love that, that cover and that mag, and I wrote the feature, and I really enjoyed the design of the feature and everything, so for me, that was that was probably one of my favourite issues, and my favourite cover that I did was the Dishonored one, the uh, the, the split run. Oh yeah, they were Dishonored great, yeah, covers. they were really good. Um, I came up with the idea, and myself and Milf worked it out, and I just think it looked really, really nice. Maybe we, maybe we backed the game too hard i mean it's still a great game but i, th- I think that that set of covers would be well i mean that's a so game that, that's a
2: game that's people still like alex dale in the office maintains it's the best game mm. of the year you mm. know so lots of people absolutely love it yeah. you know so it's not a, it's split opinion a little bit but not in a hitman styley it's no. you know people are either i think it's like a seven or i think it's a nine rather than yeah. i think it's a nine or i think it's a 3
1: mm-hmm
2: you know. So um, I, my- fall,
1: I fall on the three side of things for Hitman. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And old Andy there falls on the nine. Yeah. I like it. Yeah.
0: So, what's your favourite cover? Mine's my-
1: uh, the Splinter Cell Conviction cover, the game which never came out, partly because it was such a strange story and partly because it was the, my very first issue on the magazine. I think I've told this story before, but this is a time to dig up all the old favourites. I went to um, have an interview. Everything was sorted. Uh, Tim called me. I'm at my old job, which is a small publisher in Bristol. He calls me up and says, Hey Mike, I'd offer you the job. I was like, fantastic and it's brilliant. I'm looking forward to starting. He was like, Yeah, great, me too. Uh, so I'm going to start you know, on like you know the fourteenth of April or whenever it was. And uh went and told the guys, I was like, fantastic, right? And everyone was really pleased. And then the next day I went back to work and I got another phone call from Tim. It's like, Hi, Mike, Tim I'm Like, yeah, hi, Tim. Yeah, have you got a passport? <laughs> I was like, Yeah He's like, Oh great, you like Splinter Cell, right? I was like, Yeah He's like, Okay, so and then you start on the fourteenth. You're not getting paid until the 14th, but can you go to Montreal on the 12th? <laughs> uh, and I went to um, I went to Montreal uh, to see this game, which was just mental. That game, like even to this day, like people, I mean, you guys are never going to see the stuff we saw. There's some footage that's on the Internet, like there's a few little bits of low quality footage of this game around there. I mean, they had a whole game. You could see them going through these debug menus. And they had dozens upon dozens of levels mm-hmm. sorted because each level was sort of built into its individual sections and they were going through all these levels. And it was like a completely different Splintered splinter mm-hmm. Conviction. It was like a stealth game where you blended into crowds just like Assassin's Creed and you could improv- use improvised weapons. That was going to be one of the big things. You could sort of pick up like uh, physics objects, smack people with them, use them to barricade doors. So if you just, like, dr- if you push the wardrobe in front of the door, guys might try and break in, but they can't. Now, think for a second—just how badly AI handles physics objects, even in current games. In 2012, this was 2007. They were looking at being on shelves for Christmas. And by the way, uh, one of the guys who was looking at being who was working on the game said, "Oh, we have to be on shelves for Christmas. There is no other option." Like, four, like was it four years later the game finally came out? Three years later, um, the game that came out was completely different to what we saw. Uh, yeah, you know what i could sit here and talk about the stuff i saw but you know it's all written down there it's all written down there in that issue of xbox world the the weird weird version of splinter cell which we what, like was to your, what
2: was your what uh, was your reaction when i called you up and said uh hi mike it's tim did you think oh he's going to not offer me the j- he's going to take the job offer back
1: no or, i thought it was going to be like a like a bunch of legal bullshit i had to oh, go through right, or something okay. i had to take, right. jump through a bunch of hoops I knew i
2: nailed that shit I, right, I
1: knew okay. i knew you you I was going to say you wanted me no needed me to uh, to help on Xbox. Mike, world.
2: ever ever modest.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, and no, I was like, but I, I did think, oh man, I wonder if this is like what uh, like a taste of what's to come. You know, the international trips, exciting events. No, no we that, did have quite a lot of trips.
2: Oh. <laughs> Mike, Mike's, uh, for, burying, Mike's, burying Mike's infamous in the office for being uh, for hating every trip he's ever been on. <laughs> every, every single trip he gets to an exotic place like Japan, he 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 for the first like for the three or four days before it, or be like, oh, it's, it's a trip from hell. Oh God, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And then when he comes back, he's like, oh, it was terrible. To be fair, the trip you're referring to I was in Japan for thirty six hours. It's every trip though, Mike.
1: The, is it, I was in Japan flying indirect, so I had a an 18-hour flight. Every trip. My Every idea. trip. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's because I always said people don't want to hear you come back from a trip. This is, the alternative is what Rob does. Rob Taylor, we used to go away on a trip, literally got stuck in um, like North Carolina because of the volcano. Icelandic volcano, yeah. right? So he's, he's, Microsoft are taking care of him and he's like, he gets back completely tanned. I mean, yeah. more so than usual. He comes back, he comes in, he's, he's so tanned. He looks like, you know,
2: Incredibly healthy. <laughs> he looks like
1: he's changed species. Yeah, and he you say, "Right, well, Rob, you did you have a good time." He'll be like, "That I think was the greatest week of my life." He's like, "He will be talking about. He'll say, oh, I went to amazing restaurants, stayed at a fantastic hotel, caught the sun all day. Oh yeah, and I hung out with Cliffy B and He took me around in his Lamborghini." Yeah, And you're like, "Well, no he, one wants to hear that, Rob." He,
2: he either did that or he was. He, he very often talked about how difficult, like. Like these obviously not difficult trips were. Like I remember that Tomb Raider when he went on, and it oh, was oh
1: yeah to Mexico. Yeah,
2: he went to Mexico, and it was and it they cancelled a load of like interviews and and um uh like hands on um eyes on you know demos and stuff. So the the demo actually ended up being like ten percent of the trip, and the rest of the time he just fannied around in Mexico. <laughs> and the, but he <laughs> the still
1: the photos were unbelievable. Yeah, but he, he still had
2: trip. the gall to come back and say it was a tough week. I'm just what? like, I'm sorry, no. I don't believe you. <laughs> I just do not believe you. But anyway, quickly to add my bit to that, I'd say probably there are a couple of issues that stand out for me. One was um, was issue 65, which was the End War cover, which uh, people who've read the article I did will know that uh, kept me up a lot in the middle of the night worrying about that cover, but ended up being the best-selling issue we've ever done, which was amazing. Pro- who, who wrote that feature Proving it? at the time the power of Clancy. Yeah. The power of Clancy has now faded somewhat, but at the time, it was uh, Clancy was the, the hot ticket.
1: That was one of mine that feature.
2: And issue one hundred, I thought was really good. We uh, we had some some really corking features in that, and the three D was really worked out nicely.
0: Mm. Excellent. So one of the other questions you were asking was, it was one of the fav- favorite memories of the magazine, was it?
1: uh well we we're talking about uh you know sort of best and worst moments over the years we we're talking mm. about uh we just had some stories from press trips but we we're talking about like office memories and that kind of thing mm. Mm. like the sort of high points almost not even on the magazine but just in the office
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know getting new hardware is always kind of exciting Remember when we got connect in
2: yeah yeah that was fun
1: yeah we dicked around with connect yeah. we basically had to move everything in the office to get connect <laughs> even slightly working yeah cleared everything out and had a really good time with it and we were totally sold on connect for a about a month, and then, then things not sort of so started much. to
2: fall down. I guess stuff like you know what what I recall quite fondly is our sort of <laughs> not we're well not fondly always, but uh, but our lunchtime game of FIFA and that sort of stuff. You Originally, PES when I started on yeah, PESmond when we st- first started out, and then it and then it sort of migrated to FIFA.
1: The transition from PES to FIFA was a really tough one, actually, because it was me and Pellet who were playing FIFA, if you remember, mm. and you and Hoodie would still play PES, PES but yeah. gradually, uh, gradually it was sort of became that everyone was playing FIFA, yeah. and people couldn't really resist it, and then EA organised a FIFA tournament, so everyone was getting some practice on FIFA, yeah. and eventually it just became the game everyone yeah, played. Yeah.
2: I just remember lots of lunch times of, you know, testing out my vocabulary on that, that game, and... Uh, I don't know whether I've ever felt quite as quite as angry as when I used to play that game like with with Pella. especially I think it was FIFA 08 or maybe FIFA 09 when he just had like these ridiculous workarounds for all the AI and stuff you mm-hmm. know so he'd he'd always score the the same goals in the same way using the same player and I I was utterly powerless to stop him <laughs> and then the next year they they ironed out all those bugs and suddenly it was like a hallelujah moment you know yeah. where i was like suddenly i was back in the game
1: and you're actually a better player than him you actually were i think a better player like in an all-round skills but he could he could we, we um play at nhl in the office these days me alex dale and mr trophy PSM 3s mr trophy and mm. we we play this game and and uh we have a term appellate goal appellate goal is a fluky <laughs> bullshit goal which comes out of nowhere and was completely undeserved yeah that's what he was good at yeah just those goals, which sound like somehow, just the AI is not geared up to save a certain kind
2: of goal. And he just and the smugness, <laughs> the the smugness with which he like celebrate. You know, he'd, he'd always do the chick, the bird, the bird walk thing. You know, in FIFA, and he'd always you turn around to him and he would he'd just be like, you, "You obviously no one can see it, but he'd have like this sort of." Smug, self-satisfied Tony Blair-style Ray, grin on his eyebrows, face,
1: mouth clamped shut.
2: Yeah, mm. you know it was like like the Cheshire Cat from Alice in Wonderland, just like mm. Mm, you and know. Pellet sees games like maths, though, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean that's
0: that's how he plays games. I mean, I used to, um, I went on a few trips with him, and, and we went and saw like uh, games like DJ Hero, and he would he loved that game, but he played it like maths. Like he would just he would know when the buttons were coming, and he would know exactly sort of. You know, it was almost robotic when he was doing it, yeah. and he could, he could, he would be so accomplished at it. Like, mm. he could play it on, like, the highest difficulty level. He could play it on expert and pretty much smash it, and everyone else would be sort of trying to beaver away, <laughs> yeah. on or normal or, or hard. But, you know, he, he, I think he just sort of saw Matrix. Code. Yeah, but, I, th- I think you might be right. But, you know, with DJ here, he had no rhythm. Yeah. But he was, he was just, just maths man for it. it I think it, he probably took the same approach to FIFA.
2: Yeah, I mean, he takes the same approach to to, to every game he plays remember how many times he's been over to us and said oh you can't play it on normal you've got to play it on hard or you know you've got to play it on legendary you can't play it on why, why can't i play it on just normal you know but like for, for me playing a game on normal's fine you know i don't want like loads of stress in my life i don't want to be throwing my pad across the room i'm in my mid-30s now i want to be uh I wanna be nice and, and ch- relax you, uh, sit when down, I go. play a
1: game for eight hours, feel like a badass from minute one exactly. to minute to That's hour Exactly. That's exactly it. And
2: uh I don't want to be like constantly getting cut down. Yeah. You know? Pellet list for that stuff though. What was your um Andy,
1: what was your uh the general perception of the Xbox World Team from the outside, because you were working on Official PlayStation Two, PSM Three, mm. you were working on uh, Official PSP Magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you worked on all those things. But from the outside, what was like the general impression from everyone else of what our team was like? Well,
0: I um, we actually when when I moved on to PSM Three, we were actually we were in the desk next to you, so we knew sort of what you were like. Um, what well, I mean, Gem I mean, was a big part of. Of the, yeah, the impression that other people formed of me because, you know, he'd clip his toenails in the office meeting room, yeah. uh, fall asleep at his desk, yeah. uh, and make weird noises while he was subbing pages, like yeah. random weird noises. And he used to drive um, our production the, the, the composite swear words as well. Yeah, Tourette's. Yeah. Yeah, uh, comp- sort of Tourette's the weird yeah. Tourette's where I'd be like, oh, piss vinegar! Yeah. Um, so, and every time I walked past his desk, he'd be on a dating site.
2: Yeah. On yeah. some sort of chat com- room. Or a comedy, comedy website. That was so, one of his favourites.
3: Um,
0: but I, I guess, I mean, I mean, Tim sort of nailed it earlier on when, when he was talking about the design of the mag. It was sort of more of a fanzine-style mag and a bit more sort of renegade mm. than most other people. And I, I enjoyed writing for it because, you know, if you, if you look at, like, websites, websites treat games the same way. They say, they say it's the same on Xbox, same on PlayStation, same on PC or whatever. Well, not, not so much the same on PC. But writing for the PlayStation market and writing for the Xbox market is very different and um especially when we sort of merged the mags mm. and we were writing for both PSM and Xbox World in the last few months some content would work better for Xbox some content would work better for PlayStation and i think i think the the older the old style Xbox World really served the Xbox community better than anyone else mm. because of its sort of more renegade more fanzine approach cuz that is what the xbox that is what people who play xbox are like generally i mean you know not no one's the same but but generally that's how it is whereas like playstation gamers are a little bit a little bit more reserved a little bit more sort of i I don't know a bit more clean cut i mean it's yeah very really really strange and and until you've been working on it for sort of years you don't really pick up on the subtleties of it but Mm. so that was my perception of it really but You know, my perception was, of course, coloured by the fact that I did an awful lot of freelance work for Xbox World, and I enjoyed doing that because it meant I got to write in a different voice.
2: It is. That's an interesting point because, you know, the the audiences are very different. Mm. I mean, some of them are the same, but I think, you know, like the way Dan uh, managed and edited PSM compared to the way that I managed and edited uh, Xbox World was actually very, very different, and I think Mm. that's why when they merged it was actually... A lot more complicated and um problematic than perhaps anyone had, yeah. had considered you know because the subtleties were you absolute spot on the subtleties are almost um uh, you know uh, that are so uh, so small that you don't notice them but when you when you do notice them, you realize actually perversely mm. how big they are you know how what those differences are and i think that's that's why xbox world and p s m were such different mags so um mm. So, you know, I think it's, it's, it's why in the end, you know, the, the redesign for, for, for better or for worse didn't, you know, it worked on a lot of levels but maybe didn't work on other levels is because the difference between Xbox gamers and PlayStation mm. gamers is actually, you know, is actually quite, quite, yeah. quite wise. It's
0: funny because if you look back at older issues of PSN when they were covering the PS2, That was when the audience was more renegade, more Xboxy. But then, since 360 became like the dominant console, and you know that that sort of audience
2: shifted onto Xbox. Absolutely spot on. I mean, that is absolutely it because because 360, I think, is a lot more mass, not mass market. That's the wrong word, but certainly a lot more popular. And it's like the 360 is where PS2 was. Mm, You know, so it's it's really. it's really not surprising that the old issues of PSM2 are more akin. Because when Dan was looking through old issues of PSM2 while I was writing my Xbox World piece, mm. it was funny to see how many ideas we we shared, you know, and then mm. the approach to games was, whoa, Ooh. there's some feedback for yeah, you. Yeah,
1: I thought I could hear that coming we'll have to do a little edit Ah, that's what there we are there we
2: go so
0: um so, i thought we just drown you out with a bit of uh, yeah there. Just to be honest what i was right. saying we, def- we just deafened
2: several hundred people to be honest what Sorry, i was saying was nice. very boring anyway so uh
0: <laughs> well
1: since it was so boring maybe now's a good time to turn over to yeah. one of our readers for a question one of our readers said um jason toon said uh if you could throw another magazine published by future to the wolves to save xbox world which would you do away with
2: I think it would probably be Games Master. Yeah, Games Master. Games definitely.
1: Master. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think Games Master. What do you think, Pellet? Your son's a bit. That's what I think. <laughs> there yeah. he is. It's only Matthew Pellet though. There he is. No, no, no. How's Stealth- it going,
0: stealthily creeping into the room.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, sneaking in. I'm, I'm all right. I, uh, obviously, the joke for readers who don't get it is I work on Games Master, <laughs> yeah. and these guys would love to see me out of a job. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm here for 25 minutes only oh. to, uh, to guest, say goodbye. Guest appearance.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's long enough. Black by popular demand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, we've, um, we've been um, covering a couple of topics before you arrived. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll put these questions to you because we're going to ring some other people up later and probably ask them the same questions. So um, what was your, to put you on the spot, what was your favourite issue of Xbox
2: World that you worked on? Oh,
4: geez, my favourite issue.
0: Uh,
4: so he says,
2: buying time. Re- I, re- I reckon I can guess.
4: Are you going to say one hundred what
2: three d three d glasses
4: maybe yeah one hundred i, I
2: said I said that earlier that as a great issue yeah, that was it took a lot of work my it did, life. but
4: it was it was rewarding, so obviously the part of the the big celebration of our one hundred issue was the um one hundred secrets feature that became one oh one we actually ended up splitting it over issue one hundred and one hundred and one, and it was like a crazy idea I came up with a few months earlier and um spent about two and a half months. Mostly outside of work hours, because there, there were a lot of phone calls and emails to America involved. So, like in the evenings, I'd go back and like get on the extranet and start emailing like Tony Hawk
1: mm. and like, Bass a few other people's people. and Bazruth and Bazruth, uh, Mel B,
4: but, yeah. Although was she America She was UK, was she not? She uh, was I was don't know where side. she was based. Mm. But anyway, well. yeah, All chatting LA to. She Was actually hooking up the with Eddie
1: Murphy at the time or something? Or I was think maybe you
4: should ask her about that. I think that
2: was post Murphy gate. Yeah,
4: that that would have been after the the Murphy days.
2: Um, I, what I remember that's... about that feature was was uh, John Strike had laid it out and it looked great, and I think you and Strike were at his computer, sort of looking at the feature, and you were like, Tim, can I have a word a second? I was like, "Yeah." I walked over and you were like, uh, "This is uh, twenty pages long. <laughs> I've like flat planned it for ten, maybe ten pages." I was well. What are we going to do then? Uh, so we just, I think we decided we we're just going yeah, to split going into
4: 32 pages, but I'm pretty sure it was like 16 massive.
2: pages. Yeah, I, pages. I think in the end we decided to cut it into do it properly, you know, because you were asking the whole time for a little bit more space yeah. for pe- certain people because certain people had really good answers you didn't want to cut, yeah. and that yeah, worked out fine in the end. I mean, ideally it would have been good to have the whole thing know, in that issue, but it was, it was worth doing.
4: Yeah, and I've hit that because, you know, after four and a half years, I thought, well, it's about time I did one good thing. For yeah, <laughs> that was, that's that right, was yeah. my
2: my one good feature. That was your one
4: contribution uh, for almost five years. Yeah, and the rest of the time I just slacked off and came up with
0: brilliant puns. Brilliant that's, puns. That's pretty much what we've been saying. Yeah, we well, right. just been Has anyone flagged up the
4: fact that, that Tim stole one of my puns in the last issue?
2: Hey, it was nothing to do with me. I didn't do. I didn't do that. Feature. I didn't put that feature together. Nothing to do oh, with me. What pun, got it what, what
1: pun did Tim steal?
2: Oh I didn't. I didn't steal it. No, 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 no. It got attributed to me. Yeah, man, I didn't know anything about it. Man's Plan project, man's, man's Plan yours.
4: Project. Fear two after the nuke mansplaining Yeah, I don't project. think you need to explain it. it. I think
2: people get it, yeah. yeah get P- it.
1: But, yeah. Still, It's still fairly
0: laboured, isn't it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's better than, what was there with Cutty Stark?
2: Cutty Stark.
1: Which was... I, I may
3: tell you... A new Cutty low. The, lo- the
1: logic behind Cutty Stark was, okay, so Stephen King is a big influence on Alan Wake. In one of Stephen's books, there's a guy named Stark, George Stark, George yeah. Stark, which which is uh, incredibly
4: influential. Okay. For, for okay. Alan,
1: the Cutty Stark, Cutty Stark, is a completely unrelated nineteenth uh, <sighs> uh, eighteenth century clipper, which is like which was bur- burned down a couple of years ago. Hence, Cutty Stark. But also, it was about like people getting stabbed. So, like, there was
4: the cutting element. What was it? Was in it? it? Was not, the, not the book in the game? It was about a guy with a. Oh,
2: was that? The, was it a box site title then? Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Week. many levels <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah many levels yeah
1: to be fair tim did think about it for a minute then um,
3: <laughs> <Yeah. past judgment. laughs>
2: to be fair i final checked it and pushed it through so i <laughs> haven't got any excuses
1: <laughs> you know a lot of readers asked us um about uh logger Man okay and about your rats but so we'll get to Loggerman in a second okay. but you still have the rats right i do so different ones
4: though yeah so obviously i had had two edging gum uh, edgeworth and gumshoe from uh from phoenix right um they both died a couple of years ago, sadly. Did uh, they take
1: any humans down with them by spreading the bubonic plague? No. No.
4: No, they, uh, their death count was zero. Um, my other ones, however. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I had Sam and Max. The other ones are like the rats from Dishonoured. Just, <laughs> just let them loose. <laughs> so then Sam and Max. Uh, Max sadly passed away a couple of months ago. Oh. And Sam was all alone. So uh, we thought, well, what can we do? How about let's get three more rats? So we bought an even bigger cage and now we have four rats sam and company
2: I, I, exactly how big is your cage because alex dale in the office yeah. claims that it's the, the size of half a room not quite but it is taller than me what
4: <laughs> yeah it's taller than me
0: do you, what? do you just have a special door is that your cage so you've just run loose three hours cage so. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, in fact well we will do for punishment uh, rat if, if any dungeon. of you cross me uh, so Sam has friends, sexy role uh, player, like sexy rat dungeon. She has uh, Olivia, Astrid, and mocha for company. So right. they're my four rats, along with Sam.
1: Do rats yeah. get on? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. if you introduce other rats? Yeah.
4: To... So like, we were kind of worried about that. How would Sam take to the new ones? They love each other. The they are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> they're all like a big, like three of them are sisters, and Sam's like acting like she's one of the sisters. I did. And they're all how did you
2: feel when dis- about dishonoured then? I've not you must played have felt Dishana, Dishana about it.
4: Dishonored's going to be one of my Christmas games, but um, I got really excited when I saw the press release come through saying that they'd made the um, Rat Assassin iPad game. I'm like, hell yeah! Rat assassins. Cause Cause that's something I can get behind. And then I find out it's, rats, it's slicing rats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, screw you, Bethesda, you sons <laughs> of bitches. How dare you do that?
2: Was, that, it? Was, that was but, what made it
4: better. Also, what made me really sad the other week is I'm a big Metro 2033 fan. Mm. You know, I reviewed the first game for yeah. Xbox World. I, I really liked it. Metro Last Light, very excited about. Um, but there's a station city in it called Venice. And halfway through Venice... Um, there's a mini game where you can go to this room and they uh, there's a pit of rats and you have to shoot them all before the timer. Oh,
2: pit of rats! So, um, that's what you're going to have in your house before long.
4: <laughs> so uh, I don't know if I can play Metro now. You oh,
3: know,
1: the reason thing. I asked was because uh, when I asked about like favorite podcast moments, our readers always go back to the time when you insisted that rats could laugh. and <laughs> and, and Tim,
4: we we had an I'm email could, from a reader <laughs> sending in a video of some like science dude
0: proving once and for all that rats laugh. Prove anything with science pellet? Yeah. He wasn't zapping it with like a uh, power source. <laughs> <laughs> he was laugh. tipping them over and tickling their
2: tummies. Ne- notice pellet's uh, l- completely uh, watertight argument. Some science dude filmed, <laughs> uh, filmed some rats laughing. <laughs> so there is, there is no fiction on YouTube, th- Tim, only facts. That's right, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I have a, a hamster, which I accidentally inherited from my old flatmate. No one was able to, be able to take care of this little guy, so I took care of him. His name is. When you Ham- say you took care of him, are we, are we, t- <laughs> <laughs> are we talking in the Michael Gaffer sense? He took care of him. Yeah, he's, he's been terminated. Um, he, um, his name's Hams Gruber, which I think is an extraordinary name. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, I, I gave him his name. He, um, he's uh, about five months old at this point, and His balls have finally dropped. Just at the weekend, he always had weird, like knotty little testicles, and all of a sudden he drops. He's got two proud pink globes between his legs. He just rocks around. Lovely. He's, he's, he's like swaggering about the place like the big man.
2: Lovely story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like?
0: Yeah, you know, well, you're still listening to the Xbox World podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, so, um, Sponsored by Pets at Home. So
1: that was your favourite issue. What were some of your like favourite times in the office? We were talking earlier about um, like you know, the games of, of FIFA and pairs at lunchtime yeah, and about how you them. cheated. And, loved
4: all of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Turl even was great, wasn't it? Craig Terrell
2: till leaving yeah yeah, brilliant. that was a good day no, actually
4: it, no that was, that was <laughs> sad because I got on really well with um, with Tur. we were only working together for a few months but I do remember it on his leaving day now Terrell we should just say was notoriously bad at football games he
1: never won so the, was what, there, was this, there was a thing we called Terrell time which was the moment after you scored four goals in pairs the game went into Turrell time, which was the time it would take Turrell to brutally attack your team (laughs) so badly that um, he would get five... Is it four players sent off? Four players sent off, which means the game gets abandoned, abandoned. and that means it's instant 3-0. Now, if he's losing by four like a 3-0 sounds pretty good at that point he would just attack so your whole game became a game of keep away at that point that's how bad he was so
4: Toe was terrible and what we always used to do is on the last day you know someone on Xbox World they would have a chance to redeem themselves once before you'd have like a final um, goodbye match against everyone on the team and all past records are just wiped off the slate yeah Whatever the result of that is, is the result of every match that went yep, before. That's right. And I remember all these jerks like really rooting against me. No, it wasn't like you? Tell. No, no. I thought you were going to tell another story. No, then. no, no. Well, but everyone we were, was rooting against me. We were, but no. I, I managed to get through. However, oh, Hood, Hoodie, who had always beaten Tell, the pressure got to him. And there's Pete um, Weber as well. Pete,
2: Pete Weber's a famous oh, see, one. See, Weber and I, we the same oh, yeah, week no, we crossed no, over. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. his last that's day right. was like Right, this did
1: happen. To, this happened uh, twice.
2: Right, I don't remember the time. We were confusing
1: time. our stories somehow. It was someone else. No, who- Pete
2: Pete Weber definitely classically, like Weber was the pre pellet pellet. He was effortlessly smug and really quite good at pez. and was alright, oh my has up probably the best in the office. Yeah. And on his last day before he went to uh to uh Codemasters he played everyone in the office and play, then played Turl, I think. Yeah. And Turl was Notoriously bad at football games, like terrible, like basically incapable, <laughs> and uh, famously, till beat him like what was it two? Yeah, it was two, it was two, like, two one it was like or two seven. one. It was close, and Weber absolutely lost lost himself about it. He was like, "That's not fair, it," but it was classic because he was ah, oh, and brilliant.
1: he remembers at this day when we asked him what one of his me- his worst memory of the office was. That's exactly that was it. Goes. And then, of course, then on Turl's leaving day. That's when we were hoping Turl would take you down
2: yeah did yes. he no no you held your nerve ah, screw you all in fact I
1: him win a single <laughs> game that day
2: no we all, I,
1: th- I thought we, he beat Hoodie maybe I've got it wrong no right? I think I think we all trashed him it's just you know the traditional Xbox world day last day kicking <laughs>
2: yeah
1: kicks him in the ass on his way out the door you know don't let the don't let the door hit you on the way out that's kind of uh, the sort of brutal treatment you get on Xbox well, one of the things we were talking about like office memories uh, Alex Dale said well I remember fondly being just bullied constantly by Weaver constantly we all like um, that, and right? matt castle said that as well
2: no he didn't not <laughs> so, matthew castle dan
1: dawkins uh said um he said uh from the outside the impression we got oh, i got of xbox world was it was like <laughs> <laughs> it was like tim's dungeon <laughs> 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 people would just come into and just get abused all day long. <laughs> and what's the magazine you were on before that
2: uh, oh, we don't talk about that, Mike. Well,
1: The one before that, there was apparently whoever your staff writer was on there was essentially picked a part of the game and he got to the point where he was just like, yeah, ha, 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 ha,
2: ha, oh. ha. Brilliant. And he gets his head down, gets back to work. Well, that was that, the, the mag we don't speak of. That was where I first met Hoodie and uh, Hoodie was, uh, the first day I had on that, that mag, he, he turned right. I didn't know Hoodie at the time. He came in first day and said, all right, and I introduced him. I said, hi, I'm Tim. And he said, hi, I'm, I'm Rich. And he said, uh, welcome to... Uh, Welcome to the place where dreams die. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first introduction to uh, Turdy. To and he. Uh, and when I got the job on Xbox World, we, we needed our head. I thought, that's the, that's the kind of can-do attitude I want on Xbox World. But, uh, yeah. That what have you
1: been doing since you left Xbox World then, Pellet? So so
4: since I left, your time um, short. <clears throat> I left last October and joined Games Master, which is uh, where I am still. And then now I'm dep head of Games Master. Should people read our magazines, you think? Absolutely.
3: Mm. Mm.
4: They should come on, guys. You've all worked for Gamesmaster. You've all done that stuff was my for first
2: us. freelance gig on Gamesmaster, <laughs> and last <laughs> and last. <laughs> 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 oh, I haven't worked for them for a long time. Uh, yeah, we the, tease. There's Gamesmaster's
0: good mag. Yeah, we we're only right. teasing you. Well, we will snag it off once you've left the room. Awesome. Yeah. obviously.
2: Oh, you Cheers.
1: know what, guys? I've got to make a phone call. All
2: oh, right. Sorry,
1: I, I before I before I came here, I, I just I I had forgot to make this call. It was really important and i don't know you know what it's like life gets on top of you and things get in the way and so scripted that. uh yeah hello? hello 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 who's that that's Matthew. that's only matthew castle oh it's matthew, matthew castle oh, on the phone at from him. london hello hey, matt you're hi. on the you're on the line to tim weaver to me to andy hartup and to um i don't know matthew pellet hello hello how's it
5: going
1: very well. So, we we'll have to apologize to our listeners because the recording solution we came up with um, wasn't exactly perfect, in, in that, it didn't work at all. So, what we've done is we've got uh, Matt Castle on speakerphone and we're pointing a microphone at him. This is high tech for future. It's pretty good, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I hope I'm not too
5: echoey. I'm standing in a kind of corridor. You're oh, corridor.
1: You're you're a little echoey, but we the readers will forgive that just for to have your presence on the on the podcast. Is, is
0: that because your new go and, friends? I go and hide in the
5: disabled toilet, but I don't it,
0: Yeah, it's a bit good. Mark Echoes getting up. Yeah, is is it because your new friends would be ashamed to hear you talking to Xbox
2: World? Well, it's
5: because I can't. I'm, cause I'm meant to be doing work, you see. So I've actually had to. You know, I'm not really allowed to be talking to you. Uh, <laughs> but, um,
2: that old excuse. You've never done any work, Castle. Oh,
5: that's a, you know that's not true. That's <laughs>
2: just a fair
1: line. So we were just talking about um, the the mag, uh, Xbox World. You were a contributor to it for a real, real long time. Um, mm. And we were talking about what the perception of Xbox World was from the outside, sort of during the time when you were a contributor working from, you know, within Endgamer. Yeah. Uh, noisy,
5: mainly. Kind of like sort of chaotic sort of... Heart of the office, I guess. You know, we always kind of sort of had a sort of secret jealousy because you seem to be having way more fun than anyone
1: else in the office. Uh, But you got to be a part of that fun later and find out it was no fun at all because Tim bullies you all day.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Then, yeah, then, you, then you sort of join the
2: inner sanctum and you realise it's actually a, actually a horrible place. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you've got to admit, that the, the times we had together after I left Xbox were where we were sat on an empty bank of desks together because we had no home to go to. That was pretty fun. Oh yeah, no, I'm of course joking. That was, that, was a, that was a wonderful time, maybe because it's like the laziest I've ever been in the last six years. <laughs> that's, that, that's the spirit. They're teaching you the weave away. <laughs>
1: So what are you up to these days, Matt Castle? I don't
5: know, what's that?
2: What are you up to these days? What am I up to now? Well, I've actually, I've actually sold out massively.
5: I took the corporate buck, and now I work for official Nintendo
1: magazine. So uh, so we use the uh, the uh, the real next generation.
5: Yeah, watch out. It's the, it's the next generation is now. Yeah. The current generation.
1: The uh, next generation is November. Last is November, it? when we, no,
5: you I came out. <laughs>
0: And you live up in yeah, London I mean, now, don't you, Matt?
5: You know, it, it is what it is. I'm having fun with the Wii, U,
0: but um, hey, you know, but we're saying uh, nothing. We use great. Yeah, you, yeah, look, yeah, you live up I in like London, it. don't you, Matt? Uh, you live up in London, don't you? I do. Yeah,
5: I live, I live in that London.
0: But you come back to Bath to have your hair
2: cut. True. That's a true story, I Matt. Come on, you got to admit.
5: I Sorry, you'll
2: get ahead. Yeah. That's a, no, that's a true story. You you came back to get your hair cut. Yeah, just this, this weekend, in fact, because my hair was getting really long. And I, was getting, I was beginning
5: to panic because I couldn't find a new barber. So I couldn't find a barber that I could trust. They've all got sort of severe standing names and severe looking staff. You know, they're all called
3: sort of like Edge and Razor and things like that. <laughs> and I
5: didn't really fancy that. So I thought i come back to Bath where
0: I was safe. What's and the have name? my hair cut. So. What's the name of your barber in Bath? Supercuts. Well, no, no, no I, uh, I
1: have it cut in that Hackett's place. Like. Oh, that's where I get my hair cut. Yeah, well, Hackett yeah. sounds pretty savage too, you know? Yeah, it, yeah, does. it does, yeah. Yeah, I
5: guess when you, when, you, when you put
1: it like that, they're not, they give you like an orange juice in there if you want. Like. Yeah, they do, they're strewn. This, this I, I I your,
5: your, your hair goes in it, but
2: anyway. I guess, the, I guess the thing is, it must it must be hard to find a hairdresser in a city of seven million people, I mean, that's... <laughs> It's not. It's about finding it. It's a very uh, it's
3: a precious thing, you know, letting someone stick
5: sharp
1: metal in your head. So you have to try. Yeah. What were your of your um, brief time on the magazine in the, in the last year there? What were some of your best memories on the mag? Do you think? Best memory. To tell
5: you the truth, all I really remember is just
3: talking in, in, in an order amount of, of crap with Tim. So. Um, <laughs>
5: Um, so you know we kind of we spent a sort of long time coming up with sort of pictures for really inappropriate TV shows or films <laughs> so um, that was pretty good fun um, I can't repeat any of them because I get arrested
2: yeah, <laughs> it's probably best not to
1: yeah so save that for when you get on that job at the BBC you get to, <laughs> you get to pitch it to those guys yeah, we're going to yeah, let you go now yeah. man because this is the otherwise we're going to drive our readers crazy with this uh, this this crazy audio but thanks for getting on the line
5: yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for talking and, uh, yeah, yeah, and giving me
1: a call and uh, best of luck with it all. Well, I'm very sad about
4: the closure of Xbox World. I, I, I love the magazine, so it was it was uh, a sad night. Okay, thank you
5: very much. Cheers, Bye. Matt. Bye.
4: Bye. Bye. That's the trouble when you're like a skyscraper in London. The, your voice like bounces off the other.
2: Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, mm, he's exactly, notoriously yeah. tall. Yeah. Oxford graduate, Matt Castle. Yeah, did he go to Oxford? Yeah, has he never mentioned that? No, before? no. Oh, yeah, no, thing. he did. Yeah, he went to Oxford apparently. Didn't you?
0: You write that in the mag once. Yeah,
2: you? he only he only mentioned it once though, so no, I, oh, I, I've forgotten fair. about it that, until then.
0: So what's Oxford?
2: Uh, some kind of university, I think.
1: Okay, and Mac um, also went. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the rest of us with our
2: inner-city comprehensive education don't even have, don't even have a degree. No. Maybe like them apples?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's actually I always find that interesting. I remember like, two years into the job, you turned to me and went. You went to university, didn't you, Mike? I was like, yeah. You're like, hmm. it's like you did see my CV, right? When it came, I up, didn't really like, no, look. I really. didn't really
2: look at the details, to be honest. When, uh, when oh, I can't even ever remember any of your CVs, you know. Not Andy, obviously. How I didn't hire. How did you hire hire find Andy, yourself either.
4: working on the magazine pal? Uh, well, Tim did this thing called Ee Mini Money Mode, and uh, <laughs> I lucked out. Yeah, just threw a rock into the crowd. <laughs> it hit someone passing by. <laughs> no, and <I> seriously,
2: <laughs> like, how did you end up on the magazine? I can't honestly remember.
4: Well, me and Milsey did our video guides. Oh, that's right. So yeah. I used to, when I was at uni, I, uh, I teamed up with someone and we would make video guides. Um, the sensible thing would have uh, been to stick them on YouTube, where we could have been the next, well, the yeah. first Project Syndicate and yeah. have like millions of followers and millions of pounds by now. But instead, uh, we sold it to Tim and Nellis on Xbox World <laughs> and uh, made some videos for Xbox World's
1: disc. And sure, then, how much did you, you make from that?
4: Can I say? yeah a crisp two hundred pounds a month
3: um,
1: every other month, actually, because we used
4: to share it <laughs> so uh, oh. but hey as a student, that's like rolling in it yeah so, um and then uh so there was a vacancy that came up on the disc. Uh, the guy who made it before me uh, was leaving, and Tim got in touch, said,
2: "You know, do
4: you want to come in for an interview, and uh somehow sneaked in, scabbed my way in did you send got, i don't I don't remember that.
2: I'm sure it must have been that you turned up on a future reception and said, I was like, I
4: I came down for like two test meetings. Yeah. And then like a test week during which I had my interview.
2: I remember you coming down because I thought I thought uh, I've seen the video of you dressed up as a soul caliber character (laughs) diving into a lake in um, Durham. Yeah. And I don't know whether I can trust you. So you better come down to the office, so I can actually see in the flesh. Crazy.
0: He seem like he might be a wild card, yeah. a renegade. A He's a renegade. renegade. He's a
2: renegade for justice. Yeah.
0: So Matt, while, while you're here, because obviously you know your time is precious, yeah, I've
3: got to can, dash soon. Can
0: you can you tell us, like, as the man in charge of the disc, constantly, and no one really misses the disc, but um, <laughs> what was your favourite <laughs> DVD that? that you did, or your favourite moment from the disc?
4: The roundtables were always fun, like just us sat on a couch all that preparation that went into yeah. it, that was yeah. basically rock up and be like, oh, man, what, so, what game are we
1: talking about? That's the say? thing we would sit uh, there. And you go, we go, Pella, well, what are we talking about this week? And you go, you list off five games. We go, I've played that, i played that, I've
2: <laughs> seen that, don't know about that. What's that?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, it be that.
4: When you did the
2: uh, redesigned discs, that was good. Yeah, it was all right. You started, you started getting a bit of a, like a... You were quite good in front of the camera.
4: Was I? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I was... It, I had many outtakes as people who like yeah Watch the that was part before. of the fun. But uh, I, I got more comfortable with it as the months rolled by. Yeah, it's quite intimidating um, to start with. Yeah, no, it was all right. I was I was quite happy with how that turned People out.
2: People got generally quite like the disc when when we relaunched it. It was only um, two- yeah. when we
4: cancelled it they were upset. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I liked the um, I really liked the Fallout Three. The time extend was my favourite part of that disc because it was basically an excuse to go back play a brilliant moment from past game mm. and then like us guys just eulogised about it. it. Was it was awesome and we did Fallout Three and. Unfortunately, it didn't pass the BBFC sensors, so we had to cut it, and it was all done like wow, out of my I remember hands. That. Yeah. So there was there was like a five minute segment of me running around stabbing people with a knife as the uh, oh the pint sized slasher, mm. and Andy here was was you gave some brilliant commentary just like talking about us going stabbing people. Mike did a, a great Mike killer robot impression. It was. It was fantastic, and um, yeah, it all got cut, and we could never run it, and I was really sad about that. The rest of it was, was good. There was Andy Kelly talking about dropping a chandelier on a woman's head. Totally deadpan delivery that had uh, me and Helen. Helen was a lady who films it just in stitches, yeah. to the point where we almost had to do it again because our laughter was coming over the top do of the you, audio.
2: Were you guys on the mag when we had the... Uh the dvd that came in and we got some that was before i joined right were you on the mag when when we got the we got the call from a couple of readers yeah, and they yeah. said oh, i got the dvd this month and uh, i got to the end of um the show and um the, I, I wonder whether you'd um, any other readers have been in touch with you about what happens at the end of the show i was like well what do you mean he said well it's just um There's some hardcore German pornography on the end of the (laughs) disc. I was like, what? So, was
4: it on the disc? So, it wasn't the whole disc? Was it? No, it was just the
2: end. It was just the end. And this guy called up and said, it's got some (laughs) hardcore pornography on the end of the disc. I was like, double take, what? And he said, yeah, uh,
4: if any He's, listeners can tell us what disc number that is, because I've I've got a load of discs from back before I joined. Yeah, so I, you I can need get the disc and take it back to your house. I did,
2: well, they're already
4: at my house, so oh, I right. don't even have to move.
2: Okay. Oh, well, that's cool. Anyway, that's he, good. he he said to me, he, I just I couldn't believe it, so I went to talk to the people who handle our disc, and and there was a because our disc used to get um, uh, manufactured and and um, and. Uh, um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Reproduced, Reproduced in um, in Germany, so uh, it got mixed up with a a German porn, you know, company's uh, discs. And uh, this, guy, I said, to them, "Well, I'm really, I'm really, really sorry. Um, please, you know, send the disc back and we'll replace it." He said, "Oh no, I'm not sending it back. It's brilliant." <laughs> and apparently, it was like this ultra hardcore German pornography. I was expecting some sort of mega mega shit storm but actually we only ended up getting like two or three calls
1: i think it might have been that maybe the files on it were only accessible through like a uh, pc or something oh, like maybe that. yeah so, like you could the video files were there you just couldn't get them through the regular menu
2: yeah that awesome. was i mean i thought i thought that was going to be oh i that mean, kept me up that kept me up that night i should just worrying that we were going to get sued i mean it wasn't our fault mm. but you know it was just i don't know or that, I, I,
4: I must go i'm yeah. afraid Sorry, guys. Off um, with you very quickly. Thank you so much to all the readers um, for Xbox World. You know, I spent four and a half years on the mag. I'll sit down for this. I spent four and a half years on the mag. I spent a couple of years before that freelancing and a year after freelancing as well. Um, so, you know, it was a huge part of my career. And I think it's fair to say, like, the readers totally made it. Like, mm. we had a great time in the office, but we got so much feedback and, you know, we did it all for you guys. So, you know, from uh, a reader's perspective that I'm, I'm talking about now it was it was an awesome mag and you guys totally made it so um thank you very very much
1: okay right nice bye one, Matt. bye Matt. You're
4: on, you man. all taking a piss out of pallet. yeah Go on, guys. Oh, we're,
1: not Just... <laughs> we're not gonna take the piss we're not gonna take a piss do you mean commence we started it. <laughs>
2: what a prick <laughs> <laughs> oh bless him yeah,
1: yeah. bless his little con socks we were talking about mr Loggerman briefly there People ask now that the magazine's finally closing. Should can we, we um, reveal who the is? Should we move on to
0: the questions? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. yeah. So a well, lot of people,
1: a lot of people asked about Loggerman. man, and uh, we can't. Here's the thing: we could tell you, it would mean nothing to you. That's mm. the trouble. It wasn't anyone who was even writing about video it games. Wasn't anyone on the
0: team? was anyone on the team? Contributed
1: to the mag. It, it was a friend of someone who was on the team, and we basically tracked it down.
2: How was it? We worked out in the end. I think so he, he exited a store. He exited a store. I went into the toilet and uh, there was a horrendous smell in there. Should, L- Mr. Mr. Loggerman,
1: we should say. For yeah, we student, should give though, a bit of background Lagerman, on Mr. L. There's a thing about our toilets at future. Bear in mind, it's mostly a floor filled with men. It's the games floor, and it tends to be nerdy men who write about games. So it's all dudes. So if you go into the women's toilet, you basically got the bathroom all to yourself. If you go into the men's toilet, it's pretty busy, you know? But that's really no excuse to completely just uh, just destroy the toilet with poo, which is what someone was doing and this person right over time got a name Mr. Loggerman and Mr. Loggerman um, you would arrive at like 9.15 in the morning and the bowl would be literally filled with shit <laughs> like to, to the rim there would be like a, a, a coiled cobra running from the rim down into the bowl just stinking as shit this knot in water does mm. with sometimes without even any paper on top yeah and you would be like, you know what? I can see that someone might need a little poo while they're at work. But someone has clearly been at home. Saving it up. Because you can come into work at future at 9.30 if you want. Mm. So 9 or 9.30 is a, is a perfectly acceptable start time. So someone's sat home and they've gone... Quite go for a poo actually. Better get my shoes on <laughs> <laughs> and come to work. And just dropped one. Got up, looked at it, said, "Don't even need to flush that." Walks <laughs> out, didn't even wipe. That'll dry in the sun that well. <laughs> <laughs> and just walked off.
2: Unbelievable. This is Mr. Long and Lager this man, went and on this for, was what? for years. A couple of years. Couple years, years. At one point, he blocked
1: the toilet so badly that the whole thing overflowed and flooded the, like half the floor. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah that's right. Yeah, that? it, we it took ran through. Of that. To, yeah. still stains on the carpet. Yeah. yeah. So, but eventually, you in, so, a, yeah, in, a, in, a, in a Holmesian a, twist, twist. Yeah, in a supreme um, piece of—is it good luck? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> a supreme piece of timing.
1: Well, the funny thing was—I started was to interrupt again, but the funny thing was—we were kind of through a process of elimination, working out who it was mm-hmm. and wasn't. Like, we knew who was around yeah. when the deed happened. So we were like, "Oh, it can't be Pallet because he was here literally all afternoon." And I know, like, Mike, did you have a did you have a wee this morning? I did. <laughs> Oh, so when you had a wee, was, there a, a, was the toilet destroyed? No. What time was that? 10 o'clock. Okay, Tim went in there at 12, and it was ruined at 12. So who was yeah. missing for those two hours? And you gradually whittled it down. But in the end, it was luck that revealed. Yeah,
2: so I went into the toilet. I can't remember what, what time it was in the day. went into the toilet, and it would, the smell was horrendous, like... Oh, Man, I it, it was like full on gagging. You know, the, the the smell was disgusting, and I thought, whoa, someone has done a real number in here. the 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 toy, the toilet hadn't there wasn't the sound of because our, our archaic system at work you can hear when a toilet's been flushed like even like a minute minute and a half two minutes after it's been flushed because so you can hear the the system filling and stuff. So I walked in, and the, nothing was flushing, but I could hear that the 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 flush was wheezing a little bit, and uh, I, the smell was horrendous and then one of the one of the cubicles was closed and I, I I went in and i went into the i was going to go into the 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 clear cubicle but i, I don't know i can't remember why i didn't but anyway as I was coming out the other the other cubicle uh, slipped the old lock comes open and the door swings open and this guy comes out now he was an old comedy sort of partner of jem he was part of jem's um troop, troop i guess yeah uh and uh, he used to come down occasionally and chat to to jem um and he came out of the the cubicle with this real like sh- oh shit sh- He's getting awfully specific yeah real sheep real sheepish grin on his face and uh oh, i was shit. like you've gone too far oh man and uh lo and behold and what he'd left behind was it was like the scene after they've uh, flown the helicopters over Vietnam in Apocalypse Now. <laughs> it was horrendous, and he came out and he didn't even wash his hands straight, straight <laughs> out of the toilet. The dirty and that was the of... minute I came back to the office and I said, "I think I find out who Mr. Loggerman is." And it was uh, either
1: that or he Loggerman had been there before him. He'd gone on in there and go. No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I just, we'll sat, just, do just do it on top. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just, maybe. maybe. just layer. Just lay
2: one on. So top. he was our best. It was in a Jack the Ripper style. He we never found out for sure, but he was our best. You know, best yeah. guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. He had the smoke. He had the smoking
2: gun. smoking yeah. turret. If Why you will.
0: Do I ask? Because I'm not entirely sure who he was. Did he yet actually work on our floor? Did,
2: um, he, did he visit? He did for a while when. Um, <laughs> a
1: God, I think Fish. I think he kept
2: coming to our floor just to put... No, no, no. He worked on official Windows magazine for a while oh, really? when it was on our floor. And then, oh, it's got too specific. And then they moved off our floor. Oh, And then he, stood, but he still came back.
1: Oh, God. So, Alec Young asks, uh, what were the first games you played on uh, Xbox 360? And for you guys, it might be more interesting because I wasn't in the business in November 2005 when the Xbox came out, and you guys were so you might have played something earlier. In the
2: well, day. first game I ever saw running on an Xbox 360 in the in the so you know to, in the flesh, for want of a better word, would be Gears of War. Mm. I went to E3, and it was the first demo I went to, and it was Clifford B- Blazinski and um, maybe Mark Rain uh, demoing uh, Gears of War in this tiny little cubicle on Microsoft stand at E3. And they showed it, and I was like, whoa, that's amazing. You know, it's probably, it would probably look like the next gen. And then straight after that, I went to Saints Row, and it was uh, not so much looking like the next gen. But I mean, it did, it looked like a really sharp version of GTA, and I thought that'd probably be quite fun. But the first game I played, probably, probably Perfect Dark, I would think, because Microsoft brought Perfect Dark and Cameo down about two months before the launch and demoed it to the office, demoed it to Xbox World and then like within about five minutes the entire floor had come to a standstill and was gathered around the T V looking at a perfect dark being demoed. So Mm -hmm. so yeah, Perfect Dark.
0: Cool. First game first Xbox three sixty game I saw was condemned. And I actually saw it about a month and a half before E three, before they announced like the next Xbox.
1: Could they even say what they were running it on at that point?
0: Uh, n- they said it was going to be next gen, yeah. but they didn't name the Xbox 360. They called this is going to be the next Xbox. I think it was yeah. Xbox Two back then, and it wasn't actually. It was running. It wasn't actually running on the Xbox as you know it now. It was running on like a PC dev kit mm-hmm. it was an Xbox. Yeah, X. that's what Gear of Gears War as well, it, was. Yeah, it. yeah. and um, it was the first time I'd seen an HD game, like on an TV, I mean, they were using one of the very, very first say, HDTVs. it's worth saying
1: like 2005 HDTVs were not mainstream
0: at all. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of the things that amazed me, like they were going around and it, it was quite scary, you know, cause they didn't show you any of the cutscenes with the man with his melted face, but like they were sort of going around and he was, you know, kicking the shit out of these, um, these weird guys with bits of metal pipe and stuff. And it was the, uh, subway level, which I think is like the second level. And he walked up to one of the he walked up to the, like the train timetable in the subway, and you could read it hmm. and that blew my mind because like before then or in all games there was like if you walked up to like a, a signpost or something it'd be like a big smear of yeah like faded text, but in h d you could read everything on there, yeah, and it just just totally blew
2: I, my mind I, I remember that on the Gears of War demo it was um Marcus Phoenix, old Marcus Phoenix, remember him? Mm -hmm. With the, he was a really
1: yeah, he had no beard and he just and a
2: bandana, like a a terrible bandana, and a a Mm -hmm. baked bean head, yeah. And uh, he was in this uh, petrol station, and um, they busted open the petrol um, tank, and it ran kind of down the hill, Mm -hmm. and then they set light to it, and it, it, and it was like these incredible fire effects mm. you know like wow that's amazing and then they started moving the car and sort of staying staying close to the light in order to keep up you know keep yeah, the locust that the, the yeah that's right thing, yeah it, keep, it, keep it away from so it was um, yeah I remember thinking wow that was absolutely incredible I think to echo
0: Tim's thing as well another sort of incredible experience for me at the start of the generation was the first game I actually played on Xbox like on a proper Xbox console was Quake mm. 4, which was one oh, of the large games stinker of a game and we, we we sort of we were at this uh, review event playing it and this was like a this was about a month and a half before the console launched and it, it was good you know it's you know it's it was fair enough at, at the time because you forgive launch games yeah. for being crap because yeah. it's like a whole new generation and everyone's excited and uh, we were playing through it and i was i was speaking to the pr afterwards and um he was going yeah quake's all right but we've got this other game which is coming out on 360 which was a launch game he said it's going to absolutely blow you away, and um, I was due to go and see that like in two weeks' time. I was going, "Oh, what is it?" He said, "Oh, it was uh, Call of Duty yeah, Two. Yeah. Mm. I was like, "Oh, I've, I've not really heard of Call yeah, of Duty because it was a PC. Exactly thing. It
1: was a hard, totally a PC franchise. Mm. It, it didn't break off. It was well reviewed on PC, but it didn't have any traction in the console space at all."
0: Yeah. Two weeks later, playing Call of Duty Two. I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I, my, I was, like, shocked. Like, play, yeah, it playing was through it, the, it was just, just brilliant. It was the
1: smoke, right? As yeah, well? it
0: was the smoke. The smoke. The smoke and the, um, and the battle chatter. I
1: remember the first Xbox game I played was uh, Call of Duty 2 on a demo mm. pod in-game. And I was like, that's, that smoke is incredible. And you look mm. at it now, it looks <laughs> rubbish. <laughs> it looks really bad. But at the time, I was just like, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. The first game I bought, now, I didn't get my Xbox until... About I want to say about ten months after the Xbox uh, released in November, so it was and that it was the summer because I actually imported my Xbox. And that was like a throwback to the old days where PAL regions would get such shitty conversions of everything mm. that you used the bet always your best bet to buy an American machine. So I had an American PS2, I had an American GameCube, mm. I had an American Dreamcast, and I had an American um uh, actually I had a, a modded Xbox with a which was it was fine. Um I got the Xbox 360 from America, and I remember it arrived, and I, the step-down converter I had just did not have enough juice to run the mm. Xbox. So I had to go and so get on my bike and cycle to, like Maplin, in the in the scorching heat to get myself a a, a, a converter, uh, got it all up and running. And the first game I played of my from my own collection was Ghost Recon: Advanced Warfighter. Oh, fighting. that was a good game. Too. I remember playing it and being like, "God, this is."
2: Properly amazing. Like,
1: actually, like, being on this street with these actual guys, and I feel it's like, you know, I've got the whole HUD here because I've got my space goggles on in mm-hmm. the game. And and it was genuinely kind of... And it's funny, it's actually. It's something you have to have completely forgotten in a year since. Like, the idea of Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter was like, you are in this guy's head, you know? You're playing in a third person, but you're getting all the read acts he's getting. You're getting all of the HUD elements he's getting. And when Future Soldier came along, it was kind of like... Yeah, you're getting all of this readouts and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And, but what Graw did so well was that all the readouts were, were, were meaningful. They were valuable. They gave you information mm. about the battlefield. In Future Soldier, it's just like bullshit, like non-text yeah, on rubbish. on walls and that kind of thing. Like I actually still really admire what Graw did to this day. I really mm. like Graw. Well, I like the kind of the fake authenticity of it. It's like it's not real, but it feels almost mm. realistic. I played that on a CRT TV. I had a very nice CRT. It was a widescreen CRT, but it was still a CRT. And I think about a few months after that, I treated myself to an a LCD, an old Samsung, a mm-hmm. the, um, the, the little 32-inch one.
2: And I, I remember when Graw came in, and it was, it was was we'd had all the launch games, and I remember when they uh, Ubisoft came down and demoed it. You might remember this, Andy. It was like the first time... It was like, you know, you get like the launch games, then you get mm. like a second wave of stuff, which is just had that little bit more time. They've had a yeah, bit more time Oblivion with the hardware. was part of that. Yeah, and it came in and we were like, wow, this is such a step up from the launch games, you know, in terms of what it's doing technically. Um, I mean, it also happened to be a great game, but certainly technically it was, mm. we, we sat there and we we're like, now, this, now you can really see that this is next gen, and this is properly next gen. It's not, it's not coated in, sweat like mm. uh, perfect dark was everything know.
1: like him and rubbed with meat
2: yeah, yeah you know and it was like a real proper next gen game so remember Graw quite quite fondly for being the game where we were like right now i see what microsoft are going mm. on about
0: yeah i saw it at, it was a ubisoft event like maybe a week before the xbox launch they were like showing off their launch games one of which was, was there was king kong oh yeah, oh, yeah. Was, king oh, kong yeah i'm sure they had another one i, I couldn't i can't recall what it was and yeah it's it's fair enough and they had on one screen just in a a little room sort of almost on its own like no one was paying any attention to it they had they had like about maybe 20 second clip of ghost recon running i was like what is that yeah (laughs) because that is like that looks like next gen not like these games here not like king kong that is your next gen Mm. I was amazed by it, but yeah, those next-gen
2: started with Ghost Recon. We, that, that first round of next-gen games, we had lots of meat covered games. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Far Cry was
1: very meaty. that's probably the other one, Far Cry, Instincts, Predator. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: and Cry lots Instincts. of mm. uh, cross-generation games, which, mm. like, Gun and King Kong was another one where they yeah. didn't... Tomb Raider. You know, Hitman as well, yeah. you know, mm. although Hitman's are still oh, yeah, Hitman's an amazing game. But it was, like, a real mixed bag, and Call of Duty was... Probably the standout game yeah, from that first, launch, you know. Sure. But when, yeah, like I say, when Graw came along, it was like, ooh, and then Oblivion. I think Oblivion was slightly before Graw, I think. Same
1: month. It was both, both, no, was it both March. March. Yeah, yeah, both March. March 2006. Yeah. Uh, so, question. Andy Ross asks, no, sorry. Yeah, well, actually, we'll do Andy Ross because now I mentioned his name. He says you had to have one video game character as a roommate. Who would it be and why?
2: Um.
1: See, I, I I would always answer the same to that question. It's always Big Boss. Big Boss is a true bro. Yeah. Snake he, Eater is Big Boss. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, eventually he goes a bit mental and decides to like use a nuclear weapon against as a threat against the rest
2: of the world. Why? Because you think he'd bring the lolz?
1: You no, know, he's just a good. He's just a bro. He's got. He's just interesting
2: your, he's stories. Gonna,
1: he's gonna have your back. You'll be like, oh man, I ran out of milk. He's like, no worries, I got that. Oh, yeah. I got you. It's I, got, good I got you for milk.
2: I'd probably go for uh, forty-seven. Cause, Scary though. No, no, no. Because he'd he'd also probably have your back. Because he doesn't kill people who don't deserve it. See, yeah. so he'd also have your he'd also have your back. But at the same time, he's so personality free that all the <laughs> ladies would, uh, you know, given the choice between him and you, come to you, would not they? I don't
1: know. You know, you want a you want a good wingman. Big boss is your wingman. He's gonna.
0: Oh, I tell you, be a good wingman. Who's that? It's you.
1: SEO, yeah, yeah, yeah you
2: i probably, probably, yeah. I've
0: and SEO'd he's a, good, he's a good bloke
1: as well, so yeah, he yeah, wouldn't yeah. take it all for himself. He'd be he like, you know. loves a
0: bit of justice, but then again, you know, he knows how to chop a lady. There's you know. an
1: unquenchable thirst for justice, but also <laughs> an unquenchable thirst for the ladies. Yeah. So, yeah, Ezio for me. Probably would also share his milk. Yeah. Yeah, those are the important things. But... The question I was going to read, read and re- I mean, uh, <laughs> like, accidentally uh, read Andy Boss's name. The uh, one I accidentally read Andy Boss's name, but it was still a good question, a fun question. But I was going to go to Steve Gore, who asks, like, and a lot of people actually asked this question, but Steve's the one I've highlighted here. He said, What was, you know, that was your first Xbox 360 game, but what was your favourite Xbox 360 game over the, what, seven years of Xbox?
2: Um, I've probably got t- t- Can I have two? Yeah, go on. Then. Uh Hitman Blood Money yeah. and Batman Arkham City. Mm. Um Hitman Blood Money was sort of brought in to focus a little bit more because I f- finished Absolution a f- few weeks ago. I did like unlike Mike, I didn't hate Absolution. Well I hated some bits of it, but I overall didn't hate hate it. But I didn't love it like Andy loved it. So I was like, somewhere in between. I think it did a lot of stuff really well. But a lot of the stuff I really couldn't get on board with. But a lot of the stuff it did really well was the stuff that it brought over from Blood Money. And Blood for, Money, for me, is probably the best Hitman game. And because Hitman's such an amazing series, generally, I think it's uh, that tells you all you need to know about Blood Money. Um, just great, great missions, brilliantly thought out, massive sandbox, do whatever you want in whichever f- way you want to do it. Okay, it didn't look amazing on 360 because it was basically not really developed for next gen but it didn't really matter because that was one of those games where it was it didn't rely on any kind of i mean it, it did a lot of stuff behind the scenes technically that was really impressive but it didn't rely on like pizzazz and like warm yeah, it know. wasn't
1: about big set pieces no. which absolution kind of is yeah
2: it was very much a game, uh, in fact completely the opposite it was very much about the little details about everything fitting together like a puzzle in a, in a such an, inventive and ingenious way. Arkham City because Batman fanboy, but also because um just thought it was an amazing uh representation of all the comics I read growing up. It was it's hard to see how they're going to top that. It was like the definitive kind of Batman experience. Mm-hmm. It was everything you want from a a Batman game. He was still Batman that they brilliantly brought Batman to life, but at the same time the villains were reinvented in really subtle ways but great ways but most importantly Gotham really felt like this broken bleak kind of cityscape saying in the winter was a masterstroke Oh stroke. brilliant
1: yeah That was a masterstroke he's it, got that incredible and you know what the um the Dark Knight Rises has got the same vibe you know when it gets all wintry yeah. it just feels
2: harsher it
3: feels, feels more hostile feels more, well. feels more dangerous
1: uh, feels more you know it just feels bleak you know it feels cold and
2: yeah again i don't think it's a perfect game i think there's a there's a few things in there that uh i don't think too many bad guys yeah too many bad guys i think some of the boss fights although they're better than asylum aren't great still i thought it fizzled out a little bit at the end despite the big revelation and the subsequent you know the the end Catwoman level with two faces rubbish it's rubbish but um but when it when it's really zinging, it's amazing, probably yeah. amazing.
1: I'm going to go with two as well, and one of mine is Arkham City for all of the uh, all the reasons Tim just said. Uh, also because I think even more so than Tim, I kind of enjoyed the mechanics of the game to the point that I've done every challenge room mm. with every character because I really like the stealth mechanics, I really like the combat mechanics. I just think it all works in just a big big way
2: what Arkham City gets that, that something like Hitman, well I, I don't think in my opinion Hitman Absolution doesn't quite get is it, it, it um, well as, actually Dishonored is probably a better example it it really lays out the rules of its stealth. Yeah, it's so
1: consistent with those rules. So you know
2: exactly what you can get away with. Just
1: like If I'm up on a the gargoyle, I'm safe, unless a guy has a scanning equipment, in which case yeah. he can see me. If I'm you know beneath a guy, he's not going to see me, but if he's on the same level, he'll see me. Again, the rules are very clear, and stealth games need that. It's is only one of my favourite games of this year, not overall, but this year was Mark of the Ninja. Mm. Very, very clear stealth rules, very well illustrated, and you're given all of the tools to be able to see them so you know if you're making too much noise you know uh when someone's coming because you can see how the light that they're producing you can see when you're in shadow and when you're not and because of that you feel very powerful Mm. batman's the same because you've always got that tool you can get up on the gargoyle you can look down switch to detective mode and now you can see everyone Mm. unless they decide to block you and that's another interesting yes so they subvert the rule a little bit block you and then then you have to go and take that block out first and it makes it really interesting. It, like they they set really very clear rules, and when they subvert those rules, they make that clear too. Yeah,
2: everything's very clearly signposted. It's also one of the few games I think where the stealth and the the aggression, you know, the aggression, the combat works both work brilliantly. Yeah. do you know what I mean? You know, often with stealth games, you get c- fudged combat, yeah. you know, because it's predominantly a stealth game. But if things do have to go down that route, the the combat system, you know, like the, what do they call it, the free flow, whatever, yeah, it's free called, flow combat. is brilliant.
1: Yeah. The other game for me is um, Battlefield Bad Company 2, which was my multiplayer game of choice for this generation. And these days I play Battlefield 3. Uh, love it. I like that um, I've got a server browser now Like for lots and lots of reasons. like It's well populated and so on. But I had more fun playing Bad Company. And that's because in Bad Company you would start a level and you would play it for half an hour. And by the time you were done, that level was just wasted. You would lay, lay complete ruin to the map. By the time you were done, the whole map had changed shape. And I think Andy can sympathize with this because we played that game a lot together. Mm. And we played Battlefield 3 together, Battlefield 3 together very little. Mm. But because everyone, essentially everyone was equipped with a grenade launcher or some explosive device. So if you were going towards a building, you know shit was going down in there. Instead of going to the door, you would make a hole. If some people inside were trying to, you know, your guys inside were trying to plant the bomb, but okay, they can't quite make it. You say, you know what? I'm going to lay down all of the explosions in the world from the outside and just collapse the building. And yes, you would do. You had all of these tactical options that came from destruction. And I can only imagine how difficult it was for Dice to design levels around that. Mm -hmm. Which is why, when they did Battlefield Three, they switched to a system which was much simpler. There's, I think, in the entire multiplayer mode of all of the maps, there's maybe five or six buildings that can be completely destroyed, completely leveled. Uh, and most of them are outlying buildings that don't really matter much. And that's so disappointing because the destruction was so exciting. They set levels in these big urban environments where, for me, and this is the thing about consistent rules in video games, there's levels where if you shoot the side of a building with a grenade, it'll collapse into the street. But if you aim three feet to the right of where you shot and the, the fascia looks exactly the same and you hit that, well, sometimes that doesn't drop. You're like, well that's not unique consistency mm. at least mm. like, the destruction gave you so many interesting options and so many interesting ways to play battlefield 3 by setting it in these towering urban sprawls kind of lost that and i'd really really love to see that come back for battlefield 4 and to be honest i would rather see bad company 3 than battlefield 4 but it just looks like we are getting battlefield 4 get rid of the jets jets do nothing the jets just sit up in the sky and guys mm. buzz around and this basically jet the jets has all the helicopter pilots. Helicopters has all the guys on the ground, but the guys on the ground are really well equipped against helicopters anyway. So we don't really need the jets, and especially on the console space. But I wonder if maybe the next gen Xbox um do actually do a full, complete PC style sixty four player version of the game, and that might change things. Well, I, th-
0: I think the dices Frostbite engine will probably allow them to do better destruction on next-gen. I think it might have been too demanding for the current-gen. Yeah, maybe. So maybe Battlefield 4 will bring it back. Maybe. Mm.
1: Your favourite game?
0: Um, the games I enjoyed playing most were Bethesda's RPGs, so mm. Oblivion, Skyrim, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas. But my, the best game of the generation for me was Assassins 2. Mm. Like, when I was playing it, it was such such a huge step up from the original Assassins. Um you know, it, it was it was more colourful. The setting was better. They they sort of they'd nailed everything that was wrong with the first one, and yeah, it still had its problems. Um, but it, what one thing it did do is it, it told a complete story. It told the story of Ezio's life, and it kept giving you things. Like twenty hours in, it was still giving you things. It was still saying, "Oh, you've got two two wrist blades now," and things like that. And it just sort of it fed them to you and kept you interested throughout the whole story. And I remember when I was reviewing it. Um, no one, el- no one else had played it. You know, no one in the world. So I was reviewing it, and I, I thought, "Oh well, you know, it's it's been going 20 hours. There's, there can't be many more surprises." And I just kept finding new things in it, and you know, stuff. The stuff that was going on outside the Animus was interesting, and I-, I just I couldn't I couldn't leave it alone. I had to sort of see the story through, and there were so many sort of revelations in it. Like when you unlock the um, when you unlock the little video. By doing all the glyphs. That sort of that put an entirely new slant on what the Assassin's Creed series was meant to be about. And then, you know, when you got when you got right to the end, you got to the Vatican, you punched the Pope, and you went down into that funny sort of cyber building. Like, there'd been like little hints that there was something funny going on, and that that again it just sort of completely changed what you knew about the Assassin's Creed series. And there were so many clever little touches in it. And I mean, for me, it was like the the perfect sequel. And I think it was like this generation not reaching its peak because there were better games, but just just telling probably the most perfect story of the generation. I mean, it just just everything about it I thought was was fantastic. And you're willing to overlook stuff like there was a a really weird like capture the flag sort of mission in it, like you chased a guy down. Mm. It was it was shit, but you sort of you ignore that sort of thing because the the entire package was was brilliant. And I think you've really done the series a, a big disservice. Since then, I mean, Brotherhood was good, but it was a bit too much. Revelations was just milking it, and I thought Assassin's Creed Three was incredibly disappointing. But you know, for that one moment, I was I was absolutely hooked on Assassin's Three, and it just felt like the perfect sequel for me. You, you
2: got to have supreme confidence in in your own abilities to to kind of sustain a, a game gamer mm. for for 20 hours and still bring out the surprises at the 20 hour mark they you know that i mean out, yeah. I, I imagine imagine the temptation to kind of get well i think we should bring it early because you mm. know
1: always no one's going to see yeah this. that's, that's why games top load all the good stuff because exactly
2: most
0: mm-hmm.
1: players don't see the stuff at the end of the game no yeah. no one
0: does that now i mean it works the other way because like dan dan who's uh, you know our editor-in-chief he um he's he he played it for like two hours so he was playing the young Ezio bit and he said oh, oh i got bored with it it was too slow paced but and that's the the risky run because you know if you drip feed the rewards mm. then some people are going to lose interest if they're not completely gripped by the story but i don't know, maybe maybe it's because like the the renaissance italy setting really appealed to me i've been to all those places that are in the game and you know they're fantastically re- recreated it, it just it just really spoke to me so my favorite mm. game have you got to be going soon? Uh, ooh, quarter of an hour.
1: Quarter of an hour. Okay, so I'm going to field just this one question because the one thing that Xbox World's been known for, I think, over the last year is like next-gen coverage.
3: Mm.
1: Uh, make no mistake, everything you've read about next-gen stuff in Xbox World was absolutely 100% accurate. To, as we understood it at the time of reporting, obviously when yeah we were developing on a product in deve- we were writing about a product in development, and so some things have changed over the last year since we did our first big next gen story mm. at the beginning of the year, but mostly you can take everything we said to the bank, particularly the stuff we said in the last issue. Who, who asked this question? Well, David Green asks: "Balls on the line. When's the next Xbox going to be unveiled, released, and what's the launch lineup?" Mm-hmm. And I wanted to establish all what we just said because. I didn't put it in print, but I'm gonna say now: the next Xbox will be announced in the third or fourth week of February, released in the third or fourth week of November. I think that seems pretty consistent with what we're hearing from people across the across the industry. Some of our our friends who who are uh, who are obviously unable to say anything no. with with too much detail, but that's what it seems. Um, it's, I think it's notable that recently um, uh, Bioshock Infinite was just moved the release date. I think that game is definitely going to they're going to put that extra month of development to use. I don't necessarily think it was moved because it needed desperately needed the extra month. I think getting it out of the way of the ex, next Xbox's announcement was important. Mm. Remember, Microsoft always have their X whatever X ten X twelve X eleven event next year X thirteen event San Francisco around about that time usually first week of March, just before GDC, that would put it, if they did it at the end of February, mm-hmm. which means you could all of a sudden have every developer in the world talking about this new console that's just been announced, everyone going on record saying how excited they are about it. It's perfect timing, third, fourth week of February, And I'm saying an announcement. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think launch games-wise?
2: One thing before I say that is what's surprising at this stage is that I think you're probably absolutely spot on. In fact, I know you're spot on. But uh, two months out, we haven't had mass leakages from Microsoft. This, I mean, we've had, we've, we've had had that one huge leak Yeah, and, we've had that one huge leak. But I mean, it was a. Normally, by this u- point, yeah. Microsoft
1: would have uploaded all the shots of the, the exactly. system to a
2: website by now and gone, whoops. You know, because at this point in before Xbox 360 launched, I mean, we were pretty up to speed on it. Yeah. You know. Um, but anyway, sorry. Before
1: Elijah Wood went ahead and announced that machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> wh- how long it's been since that? Since this uh, system was announced, yeah. it's like it was Eli- presented by Elijah Wood. Remember him? Remember Elijah Wood? Yeah. It, on a show which had, like, the killers playing? Yeah. It's been a long, old time, man. Yeah. It's been a long time. A really long time. You had these guys doing, like, graffiti and shit, saying, yeah, I can just, like, I can, I can uh, customise my Xbox with the faces. Remember the faces? Yeah, I remember
2: mm-hmm. those. They didn't really take off, did they? Not they didn't. Really?
1: Remember, they had like a whole design aesthetic of the Xbox, and they were like, oh, yes, modeled after an inhale. Yeah, remember that's remember right. yeah, like, yeah, 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 modeled after right. an inhale. Yeah. And it was so far back that I believe they couldn't even have streamed that video on YouTube. They had to, it was through Microsoft's own website because YouTube didn't exist then. 2005.
2: Oh, 2005,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. God damn. We, this generation's gone on yeah. a long old time.
2: Games, um, Forza.
1: Oh, Forza, certainly. Forza four, yeah. yeah. For me, it was Forza three, which kind of brought me into the Forza fold. Uh, I think Forza five is well. They do a new Forza every two years. Forza five comes. We would be October, November.
2: Next yeah. Year. No, that'll be amazing. Can't wait for that. Love myself some Forza. Yeah. Um, Forza for sure. Kinect Sports. Yeah. Because Rare will have something for launch. Do you think that's the thing that they're talking about? That's going to really because they they were talk, Rare were talking about having a some sort of game changer or something like really exciting, weren't they? Do you think it'll be okay? A- so
1: we touched on this on the ar- in the article. We know from uh, other developers that one of Microsoft's big plans is the idea of always on games, mm. games that you can just have ready to go. Yeah, and. Kinect Sports is always supposed to be Kinect's Wii Sports. You know, This is the game you have the device for. Mm. It's always fun. It's always going to be cool. But you know what's not fun and cool? Loading the game up. Mm. So maybe that's what they're talking about. If you're talking about right. games, like, you know, I think Kinect 2.0 is going to be, or K2, is the Microsoft apparently calling it, K2 is going to be um, a kind of a game changer in itself anyway because it can track a lot more people right down to their fingertips and that's going to be exciting so maybe they're talking about that because we know Rare have always been intimately involved in development of Connect. yeah but I'm wondering if, like, Kinect Sports is going to be, like, the showpiece of, like, this game. So you can be sitting there with your Xbox saying, Xbox, BBC News. You're watching the BBC News. And you're like, you know what? Fancy a game of Connect Tennis or whatever? Xbox, Kinect Sports. It just jumps straight into the game? Yeah. Because mm. that would be a genuine, genuine game changer. A game is just ready to go. Your yeah. friends come around and you go, hey, anyone want to play some football? Yeah. Like, that would be a... That'd be a huge thing. So maybe that's what they're talking about. But mm-hmm. again, I would like to speculate. We know that Lionhead are working on an MMO. Mm-hmm. Like, console MMOs have just, are just not a thing. Full no. stop. So that's going to be a game changer in itself as well. So maybe it's like an online thing, mm. uh, which is almost certainly not. I think it's actually the uh, always-on gaming thing. But uh, I don't think Lionhead's MMO will be ready. But
0: mm-hmm. Battlefield yeah. 4 is going to be a lot. Yeah, Battlefield. Across yeah. the generation, yeah. like old King Kong. Microsoft
1: love. The getting third parties on board, and uh, do you think Watch Dogs maybe? Yeah,
0: yeah maybe. I think that'll be ready. I, I also think you might see uh, Fallout Four.
1: Oh, really? Yeah So I think cross-gen for Watch Dogs. I think it'll be on yeah. 360, PS3, 3, and. Yeah. Uh, If Destiny makes it in in November Mm -hmm. this year, um, Destiny will be a cross-gen game as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, 360 and next-gen, I would have thought. I think it's going to be a very brave publisher who just dumps PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a lot of cross-gen stuff stuff. stuff
0: as well. You'll have your Need for Speed, you'll have your FIFA. Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare, yeah. Some sort of Call of Duty. Yeah, Modern Warfare 4.
2: Modern Warfare 4, yeah. Yeah.
1: I wonder if those games will delay their launches to make the Xbox 360 launch. What I, mean, what I mean is, normally EA's Battlefield game comes at the end of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, Modern Warfare is always the second week of November. I don't I wonder... reckon
2: they will. I reckon they'll do the old Wii U thing, where they'll just get it out when they want to get it out, and then mm. get the other version out when it. The,
1: the global launch is a really powerful thing, though, isn't it? Mm.
2: It is, yeah. But I mean, if you if you are going to get an Xbox Seven Twenty or Xbox, as we think it's probably mm. going to be called. Cool. Um, you're, you're not going to go out and buy Modern Warfare 4 on Xbox 360. Yeah. Anyway, you know, you're going to wait. So. Yeah.
1: That's why I was thinking they might actually just delay the launch, just because otherwise they like, oh, week one sales of Modern Warfare, it's only 10 uh, million, it's only 10 million, yeah.
2: only 10 million. The only re- and because 5 million people are waiting to buy the... The only reason gen- I think they won't is because it means that everyone releases that week, mm. and for publishers, that's like a big yeah suicide like pill gen. you know so
1: i wonder if castlevania is going to be cross-gen no, no, no definitely gen. Gen.
2: yeah
1: i think the same for ground zeros as well metal Gear mm. solid well five as we believe it's called now mm-hmm. i think that's going to be a current gen game without a next gen version mm-hmm. halo i think 343 would have to turn around a miracle to get a uh, halo 5 ready on time oh, but yeah. i could see an odst style yeah, halo seeing, like, 4
2: spin-off 4.5 yeah yeah
1: i could see that Easily. i could see that happening
2: i I just find—I mean, they launched a 360 without Halo, so maybe they'll do it again. But I um, I don't
1: think they would. I genuinely think think that 343 would be—they would, if not 343, then another team, maybe certain Infinity or something—working on a a 4.5 style expansion.
2: I agree. agree, Just so they
1: can take that engine and let it loose on the next generation of Xbox, just to show what the next Xbox is capable of. And I guarantee Epic will be there as well with something new. It won't be gears; it'll be something new.
2: I mean that's a pretty I mean just the ones we listed off there that's a pretty that's exciting a song, launch line Oh,
1: I'd buy it for Forza alone.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's that's at least like 6 or 7 games that are I mean, we say watchdogs from from UB, but UB are normally well into launch console launches, aren't they? They oh, always support love a in launch, a big way. Yeah. So you might get Watch a bit some, some sort of yeah. Assassin's kind of thing. I think you'll
0: have an Assassin's on it, yeah. Well, I I I my my theory is that I still still think there's a shadow of doubt that watchdogs might be a futuristic assassins
2: yeah you reckon mm.
0: i did a little blog for cvg like about a year ago yeah after the the announced watchdog sort of just just picking out little details that felt assassins easily. yeah I, I i'm
1: not sure if it's that or if it's just how incestuous you montreal is it, these yeah, days. It's yeah, like, yeah look that, how many far, that, like, that was far the, cry 3 could be yeah. an assassins game
0: that that was the that was the counterpoint i mean if if Ubisoft if all Ubisoft's games were completely unique little snowflakes, then it would be a much stronger argument. But UB love sharing technology; they're really open about it, and they share good ideas, which I think is a,
2: a good thing. Yes, yeah, good practice. Yeah. Um,
0: so who knows? I mean, if Watch Dogs is the next Assassin's Creed, uh, basically I'm going to say I told you so. Yeah. And if not, I'll just shuffle off quietly into the night. Yeah. Mm. So there we go. Best way to be. So, I think. That's about that. Yeah.
1: So, real talk now. I just want to say that, like, if if Tim here hadn't given me a job, like, six years ago, I'd be still, like, pulling pints behind a bar and, like, shoveling popcorn and stuff and working with any little rare bit of writing work I get. It's been a genuine, genuine pleasure to work with everyone who's been on the magazine over the years. Yeah. I haven't got Mm. a bad word to say about anyone, really. Like, you know, we all joke about one another. We all make fun of one another and so on. But... It's been, it's, yeah. it's like, seriously, it's been, like, a genuine pleasure. Like, if uh, it changed my life.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's been a an amazing experience. I, you know, a long uh, readers who may be the same sort of age as me might remember that I spent a long time on Nintendo mags on uh, N64 and NGC. And I honestly, after I left those mags, never thought I'd go on to a mag that would f- have a team that I... I respected and were such good friends with and could rely on so completely as I had on there but I did and I was fortunate enough to work with some amazing people on on Xbox World and I ended up staying on Xbox World even longer than I stayed on N64 and NGC and that was just down to the fact that I loved it, had a great team and most of all we had amazing readers and without you guys it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have run as long as it it ran Um, you were fundamental in making xbox world the success it was so i just want to say a massive massive thank you from me
0: i i you know i can't can't follow that because i've been on the xbox world the shortest time the only thing i'll say is that um i I never wished tim away from the magazine but one of my ambitions like since i joined future was having my little face on the ed's intro page and that happened that should tell you really anything you wanted to know about the mag Mm um I, i think Tim and Mike and everyone that's worked on it just did a cracking job, and right up until the end, we we were the best Xbox yeah. magazine.
2: Absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: Right to the end. Let's all go and have a curry.
2: All right. Thanks, everyone.
0: Yeah, we. Uh, this is <laughs> this is the last time we're going to sign off. Sadly. Yeah,
1: keep the faith, readers. Uh, a lot of you asked what we're doing next. You can check our um, our Twitters. Yeah. Um, we'll tell you what we're doing there. So pellets at Peloki, Matt Casso is at Mr Basil Pesto, Andy Hartup at Andy Hartup, Tim Weaver at, and t- at Tim Weaver Books, and at Michael Gapper for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Just ask us on there, and we'll let you know exactly what we're doing next.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: See you later. So from all of us, yeah.
0: Bye. 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 Bye.